Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I like I like self checkout lanes. I couldn't even say a word to open this fucking podcast. Right, check that out. Uh, I really like self checkout lanes. Uh, here's my reasoning. You know, a lot of people criticized it early on because oh, it's going to take people's jobs. It's gonna, those people deserve their fucking jobs taken because I don't know how many times I've left the fucking store shaking my head because of the asshole that was taking care of me at the fucking register. Uh, you know, I, I've had everything from hey, there's another employee, so I'm going to talk to them like you don't fucking exist while I'm bringing your shit up. Uh, And then there's like, hey, fucking let me talk about each item that you bought. Like you can't have any possible plans after you leave this fucking store. Or we could do the thing where we talk to the fucking person who was done checking out before you. But you're still having a conversation with them like I don't fucking matter, despite the fact that you're scanning the fucking items that I'm about to pay for. I mean, there's there's reason after reason after reason why I do not feel bad for fucking uh, cashiers that lose their fucking job to automated checkout systems. I, I just don't. I like to be able to get the fuck out of the store. I don't want to be in the store. 
And the people who are there for, you know, eight to fucking ten hours shift clearly don't care that I want to leave the store because they can't leave the fucking store. So I I like these fucking things. What I don't like is a couple things here. All right, number one, if your intelligence is not nearly high enough to operate one of these fucking things and leave the store, I, I don't like that. Like, when you're standing there waiting for the fucking thing to open up and there's someone just staring at the screen, drooling at the thing that you scan your fucking items on, that person shouldn't be in the self-checkout. That person clearly needs assistance from another person with equal to slightly higher intelligence than theirs. Maybe the two of them can collaborate and get their fucking items scanned. And honestly, I don't think they're in a big rush either because they're fucking, I mean, their enthusiasm with their items clearly speaks volumes of their actual, you know, time needed on this planet. I mean, they're, you have to fucking get paper towels to wipe their drool off the fucking scan thing by the time you get up there. It's fucking ridiculous. So fuck those people, number one. Number two, the fucking people who who work there who are clinging to their fucking job that they failed at for years before they had the self-checkout, they start fucking chiming in as if you were not at a self-checkout thing. Home Depot's the fucking worst for this. You go up there, you start scanning your own shit, and you can see out of the corner of your eye they're, like, closing in on you and shit. And then they start like, oh, I mean, you know, hey, you got that? You know, like, yeah, dude, it says self. You're not self, motherfucker. I don't know if, like, they hire people named fucking self and they drift over because it seems like their shift. I don't know what it is, but um, those people can fuck themselves as well. Again, I don't give a shit about your fucking job because you sucked at it beforehand. You know, if the world was full of fucking really competent fucking uh, cashiers, that got you in and then out of the fucking store really efficiently and didn't waste a bunch of your fucking time trying to be your friend for 10 seconds, you know, uh, you know, for the, for the two, three minutes that you're in front of them, they, they're trying to re- establish a fucking relationship. You know what I mean? Like if it wasn't for all of that, there probably wouldn't be fucking self checkout. It's not just some fucking ploy by the man to remove jobs. It's fucking, Customers complain after customers complain and customers complain. And, and then finally they're like, what can we do to just like, fuck, man, let's just put it in their hands and shit. Yeah, and sure enough, unless they do something fucked up with their system, I love it. Fucking scan it, swipe the fucking card, walk the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just the fucking best. Fuck these people. So um, that's that. Um, so the last show I did, I ran the Battle Frog Extreme, which was a, it was a race I was really looking forward to. Obviously, I had a little extra challenge, a little worry, um, you know, going in there with stitches all on my arm and stuff, you know, because a week prior was, you know, when I got cut up at Tournament of Death. Uh, so, you know, I had a little bit of worry about that. I wore the fucking, uh, you know, the armbands, the, what do you call them, the uh, arm sleeves. So I wore those things, you know, help, help protect it a little bit, and hopefully the stitches would stay together. And, you know, sure enough, it held up well. I'm really happy about that. Um, definitely wouldn't have with the butterfly stitches I left Tournament of Death with. So I'm really, really glad of the decision to go to the hospital. Still waiting on fucking hospital bill. It's like the longest it's ever taken for a hospital bill to get to my house. Normally, like, there's a car trailing you on the way home to fucking deliver the bill to your fucking house. But, uh, you know, now that, you know, I want to try to get this shit taken care of, as I've been told, uh, it would be, it's taking like a fucking, a calendar year to get to my goddamn house. So anyway, um, 
but so anyway, I went into Battlefrog Extreme, and for those you know who who might have uh, not heard the past episode or whatever the case is, doesn't know what Battlefrog Extreme is. Battlefrog is a race. It's got 25 obstacles. It's got uh, it, it's an 8K race, which is over four miles. And Battlefrog Extreme is see how many laps you can do around that track. So um, you start off at 8:30 in the morning, do your whole little warm up thing, get your whole you know set of rules and all this, and then you fucking go. And you can't start another lap after 2:45. So whatever your last lap is. You know what I mean? Going into that time is the last lap you could do. So, it did as many laps as you can in that amount of time. And I did four laps, which, believe me, my legs could not handle any more than four laps, even if the time permitted. Which, if my legs could have handled more, if I could have fucking went more with my legs, then I probably would have finished a lap quicker and would have had time for that fifth lap. But... Four was my fucking limit this year. We'll see what goes on next year. But um, uh, awesome fucking race. Really, really good race. Uh, what four laps entails is a total of 19.8 miles, which, believe me, that .2 miles was like walking to the car and back, you know, definitely. So, um, if not more. And because um, you got to take, like, a shuttle bus to the, the event and then walk from the shuttle bus to the car. And, yeah, the, the whole deal. So, anyway. Um, definitely 20 miles in that day and, uh, a hundred obstacles because there's 25 obstacles on the course and I did the course four times. So, uh, that's, that's a hundred obstacles and, um, about 20 miles. So I was very, very happy with my accomplishment. Um, I, I came in fifth in my age group in the male 35 to 39 age group, uh, 24th overall. Out of everybody. Um, you know, there's only a couple hundred people, tops, maybe a hundred-something people that do it um, because there's, you know, probably thousands that do the, the actual course. But the Battlefrog Extreme, you get timed within those Battlefrog Extreme people, you know, and how many laps you could do and all that stuff. So it's only the people that started at 830 in the morning that were looking to go for multiple laps. So you're not like grouped in with everybody else. I mean, you start, you know, after your, you know, probably second lap, you start to actually pass some of the people from, you know, the open course that are just doing it like the one lap deal. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, Battlefrog is definitely one of my favorite races. Um, it's just a really, really well put together race. If anyone just wants to get into this shit casually, do a Battlefrog race because they have, um, like, even their obstacles. They have a lot of them have like a novice, intermediate, and expert level on on just about all the obstacles. Like there'll be, um, you know, a wall. You know, uh, they have like four foot walls, eight foot walls, and um, you know, on the four foot walls. You know, on expert level, there's just the fucking wall. Um, you know, on a, on a beginner level, there's a step halfway up that wall. So it gives you that much more of a, you know, you know, a help. So if you're on the early side of things, then boom, go, you know, hit that type of thing. And, um, you know, same thing like rope climbs. Well, the bell at the top, whether you got to ring the bell, that's not as high on 
you know, on the novice, on the expert, it's, it's higher. You know what I mean? So it, it really gives you like a, you know, a sliding scale of difficulty. So anybody could do it. Four miles isn't really that serious. And, it, you know, if it takes you all fucking day, it takes you all fucking day. You could, you could accomplish that shit. And then um, this was this was such a dope setup because it was, you know, it was a decent temperature, man. It was probably 85 degrees or so, but the majority of the fucking course was shaded, was just in the woods like a motherfucker, man. And, uh, you know, you hit some points where you got a little bit of sun, but really not enough to, like, char you up. Um, So it worked really well. Um, Also, one of the last obstacles was the lake crossing. You got to swim across the lake. And that was really cool, man, because, you know, your muscles are sore, uh, feeling the heat and shit, you know, you're a little hot. And one of the last obstacles, boom, in the fucking lake, cool off, cool down your muscles, get that shit back ready before you hit that next lap. You know what I mean? So it was just like perfect placement for that shit. And, um, yeah, man, I, like I said, I really enjoyed it. And, um, the metal's dope. Um, yeah, you get a a special, you know, Battle Frog Extreme Metal. It's like you know, black B BFX logo with the frog in it, and then uh, like you get a star for every lap that you do. So I got the four stars on the fucking band, man. It's it's, it's really tight, man. I like that shit. And um, yeah, I got one more race left. Um, a week from this Saturday, I got the um. The, the Super Spartan, which will be the last part of my trifecta this year. So I will have completed the Spartan trifecta again, uh, did the Tough Mudder again, and did four laps on the Battle Frog Extreme, man. So I, I'm real happy with my um, the results of my, my uh, race season. And then it's just fucking go all in on, on training in the off-season. Because off-season, man, you train harder than you fucking – than you ever race, you know what I mean? And that that's what it is. That you know, I highly, highly benefited this race season from the training that I did in my off season. And, you know, I still train, you know, every week going in, but you can't go nearly as hard because you could train yourself where you feel like you can't fucking move when you know you don't have a race the following week or something like that. You don't want to risk, you know, pulling anything. So you still train hard as shit but not not the way that you would in the off season because you could really try to just fucking yeah you know I mean make fucking changes and uh you know so that's what I did um I also got some more uh tat work on my arms um you know my forearms are now wrapped um I need some color on the and and detail on the stripes on the bottom half of both of my forearms so I got to go back and get that done That'll be in early August. I'll get the detail on that. And then probably the end of August or September, I'll go back and get the, the color on top of that. Um, so it's going to be like a lighter orange on the bottom side. So it'll really flow. I got smaller stripes on the bottom side, like thinner stripes, and it'll be a lighter color. So it'll have like a good blend from, you know, darker to lighter and bigger stripes to smaller stripes. So, it'll you know, it'll have a good flow to it. I like it. Um yeah, I don't give a fuck who don't. Um, and then I got my—I finally got my puppet too. Fucking Artie, he's—he's uh, he's the werewolf. He's off the fucking chain, man. Um, you probably saw some pictures of of him on uh, my Facebook. If you haven't, check him out. Um, definitely gonna start doing some kind of videos with him and shit because 
he, he's cool as hell, man. Him and, and my other puppet, Chris. Um, you know, for those that don't know, I'm a huge fucking Muppet mark. If, you know, see the fucking animal tattoo on my arm. Somebody fucked up. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of that. So it never really dawned on me that I could own, you know, a professional grade puppet. And then, uh, you know, I, I start thinking of some shit like that. And next thing you know, I got two of them, man. It's, um, I do everything to the extreme. So, you know, what could you do? Um, let's talk some basketball, man. Um, the NBA Finals. LeBron James, King James, brings the title to Cleveland. Oh, motherfuckers is hating. Oh, motherfuckers were basking in that hate, man. Especially, like, early in the series, game two and shit. Oh, they were loving it. They were fucking loving it, man. When they were down fucking 3-1, oh, motherfuckers are doing victory laps. Oh, fuck LeBron. Oh, it's so great seeing him lose. Oh, everything's wonderful. Oh, fuck LeBron. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. <laughs> King James wins the motherfucking title again. Go fuck yourself, motherfuckers. And then I'll tell you another thing, man. I have year in, year out been on the motherfucking fence, like standing on top of the fucking fence and just wanting to fucking delete motherfuckers. Straight up, like, I've had enough of this Jordan cocksucker comparison with, with LeBron James. Look, LeBron is one of the best basketball players of all time. No question. You know, and I said one of. And if you can't see him as one of the best basketball players of all time, then you're retarded. You're fucking retarded. You should go get sized up for a fucking helmet. And, you know what I mean? It's fucking crazy. Now, whether he's the best or not, you can't compare a fucking a current fucking athlete to a retired fucking athlete whose career is done. This dude was fucking three years into his career, and they're like, he didn't accomplish what Jordan did. Were you fucking stupid? You know what I mean? LeBron James is one of the best basketball players of all time. And if when everything's said and done, when he fucking retires, you want to match stats up and you want to see who you feel is best, let's fucking have at it. Can you let this motherfucker live? Can you let him play his goddamn career? I don't understand why every movie he makes has to be compared to somebody who's done playing. It doesn't make any sense. Why the fuck does he deserve that? Like, why does he deserve to get criticized every fucking move he makes? On whether he's Jordan or not. This motherfucker, who the fuck said he needed to be Jordan to begin with? Shit's retarded, man. Obviously, you know, I, I'm team LeBron, dude. So, I don't give a fuck what people say, you know, with this Jordan bullshit and all that. You know, people, oh, you know, LeBron needed a team and he needed a team built. LeBron carried teams on his motherfucking back. Jordan never won without fucking Scottie Pippen. So, I mean, you know, you can do all the comparisons you want. I could do comparisons, too. And, I mean, it's, it's, you know, he, Jordan had a stack team his whole fucking career. Now, whether you want to call that homegrown or whatever you want to call it, it was what it was, but it was fucking stacked. And LeBron James had a lot of fucking teams where motherfuckers was out, and he had to carry that shit on his back. So, you know, and, and as far as people calling the game fixed, the game's fixed every fucking time he wins, and every time he loses, yeah, fuck LeBron, that's right, that's right, you know what I mean? So the game's not fixed if LeBron James loses, but it's fixed if he does, if he wins, so he's the fuck out of here. 
these people are just fags, man. Like I, I can't take it anymore with these people. And I, and I, I decided what I'm gonna do with the with the people who can't stop with the comparisons and the LeBron hate. Depending on the severity of it and and my value of them as a Facebook friend, I'll either just unfollow them so I never see anything they post, and they'll they'll text. Or if I don't, if I'm not really feeling like a lot of what they're about, then I'll just fucking delete them. But I'm done reading this shit on my fucking timeline every year, every fucking year with the fucking everybody rooting against LeBron for what, man? For what? This motherfucker made a decision to go to fucking Miami. Did he have a television special? Yeah. But, yo, they fucking, they televised motherfuckers playing poker. So nobody's sitting on their fucking couch winning no goddamn money. You watch your motherfuckers play cards, and you're mad because one of the most fucking talented fucking athletes on the planet is has a fucking special to find out where he's going to fucking go. The whole fucking, everybody who was into basketball was interested in the decision, but was mad that he was televising the shit like that. So what is it? Which is it? Do you not care where he went? No, you cared. You hated that he got fucking attention for it. Oh, and then it raised a couple million dollars that he donated to fucking charity. Oh, what a dickhead. Fuck guy, right? You know what I mean? Everything he's done personally on a personal level, he's donated shitloads of money to fucking charities, put motherfuckers through college, he's bought fucking uh, prom dresses for motherfuckers who ain't had shit. You know what I mean? He uh, He's done tremendous amount of charity work. Uh, on the fucking court, man, he's a tremendous fucking teammate, a better teammate than Kobe ever was. Kobe was a selfish cocksucker, man. Drove fucking Shaq out, drove Phil Jackson out. You know what I mean? One of the worst teammates of all time. But people suck that dude's dick and, and try to go like, well, Kobe is at least this and, and Jordan is this, but you're not LeBron. Like, get the fuck out of here. This shit's annoying, man. It's just annoying. Y'all sound like fags is what you sound like. It's just, it's just, It's just some bitch shit. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking fags, like, you know, gay people or anything. Like They're just fags, you know? Um, there's, there's a difference. There's, you know? I don't know. Um, so, uh, speaking of, speaking of fags, um, the, the Knicks signed the, the Chicago Bulls. Um, they, they signed Rose, which, um, you know, they got Rose for just about nothing. So, you know, there's there's that, but Rose is. I mean, he's so injury prone, and anybody who had him on their team were wishing for the dude that I think is MVP early on, right? Um, I mean, they're just wishing for that, and knowing that you got a guy on a team that has that caliber of talent, you just you just fucking dying for him to snap back into it and, and take the league over, but. That shit ain't going to fucking happen. The Knicks are kings of too late. Signing a motherfucker too late. You know what I mean? It's just not... That, that's what they do. That's just what they fucking do, man. And uh, Noah, they they signed Noah from over there. Same deal, man. Noah was out for most of the last year with a fucking injury. Dude's a great rebounder and all that. You know, keep the ball in your fucking hands, but... You know, he spent the most of last year out. So, I mean, you know, he got some good pieces in this and that, but, like, people are already screaming, definite playoffs, oh, this fucking super team, this and this. 
Man, you're the New York Knicks, man. You can settle down with that shit right now. Um, I'm hoping that um, that fucking uh, we could re-sign D. Wade and shit over there. He wants 50 mil. They're offering him 40 mil. There's talks with the Bulls. There's talks with the Nuggets. Man, you know, he might be towards the end of his career, but he still plays all the fuck out, man. That's a dude that gives his fucking... You know, sacrifices his fucking body all over that court, man. He he is a fucking workhorse, and that dude is that dude's gonna retire in midair. That that dude is on some real uh real hard nosed shit. Dude plays hard as fuck. He gives everything for his team, and you know he he's a guy you definitely want on your team. I think we got to take the hit and we got to pay the extra money. I don't I don't blame him for shopping around either because. You know, we put uh, emphasis on, on white side, which, you know, fucking dude's the truth. But, you know, we put an emphasis on that, and then we went out trying to sign Durant. Meanwhile, Wade is our fucking dude through everything, and we really didn't put priority on trying to get him locked down. So, of course, he's going to take some offers and shit, but I, I hope they get him back on the team, let him finish out as a fucking, you know, member of the Miami Heat. That's what I want to see is, it's Wayne Wade plays his whole goddamn career there. Why not? Because you know he's going to give it all, you know, from fucking start to finish. So, um, yeah, there's that. And then um, Kevin Durant fucking signs with the fucking Princess Squad over in Golden State. You know, that. And, yeah, there's a fucking super team, too. But you never know. You just never know, man. A lot of that shit collides. You start getting a couple of them fucking, you know, big ball dudes. You know, they all want their fucking shine. They all want their shine. And that shit fucking implodes sometimes. Sometimes that shit doesn't really work. They still don't have no, like, their physicality still isn't up there. I mean, uh, you know, Durant's definitely going to make an impact, but. You know, what Cleveland really did when they turned it up is they just they just out physically played them. Uh I mean the Golden State'll shoot the fucking lights out, but as far as like fucking hard fought fucking you know, box out fucking you know, you know some real fucking strong style ball, they can't fuck with that. They can't fuck with that. They'll they'll shoot the fucking lights out though. And, you know, if you get one of those fucking Splash Brothers, see, everybody, everything about them sounds bitch-ass. The Splash Brothers, get out of here, dude. <laughs> you sound like a couple motherfuckers in the pool and shit. Your fucking pants off. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So you get one of those dudes out of the game or something, you know, it, it's not beyond possibility to lock one of them down. Like, it's it's happened before. I mean, they're, they're fucking unstoppable together, and, uh, you know, both of them are great players. But, again, um, you know, if you're able to isolate one of them motherfuckers, get one of them in foul trouble, and then isolate the other guy, you know, it, they're a beatable team. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to see. Kevin Durant's a hell of a player, but um, I don't know if he just gets the chemistry down with that team to fucking, you know, lock in. And, I mean, they're going to be contenders. No maybes about it. But um, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. Um yeah, I'm hoping we're going to fucking lose with the Heat. And, um, yeah, man. You know, I'm always going to be a LeBron fan, so, you know, whatever they're doing over there, I'll be you know, rooting for it too. But I'm a Heat fan first, so I'm hoping they, they kind of right the ship and get things together, get Wade back there, and then, uh, you know, fill in some pieces. 
So there's that. Um, what else is going on? Oh, um, man. The, um, Howard Stern had Lenny Dykstra on, and uh, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big baseball fan now. But when I was a kid, my absolute favorite player, 80s Mets, Lenny Dykstra. I was a Mets fan, you know, when I was first growing up. And, um, you know, through that, that 86 team and all that, and it was a big thing. You know, my grandmother was a Mets fan and all that. And I became a huge Lenny Dykstra fan. And I started, you know, I, I started to really realize all the things that were going on in baseball. And, you know, I got really, like, pissed off because, Dykstra was, was my guy, and they were switching them out with, with Mookie Wilson, you know, where they had Mookie playing halftime and then fucking Dykstra playing. And Dykstra was this hard-nosed motherfucker that, like, he'd run into the fucking wall to catch the ball, like, beat the shit out of himself. He was, he'd be sliding face first into the, every fucking base. The dude was, you know, they called him nails. He was tough as nails. And that dude was just fucking, you know, he was the dude. He was fighting for everything on that fucking field. You know, and, and I just really like that dude. So, um, you know, that was my dude. And then when he left and went to Philly, you know, I, I was like, back then I was like player loyalty guy. And, uh, you know, so I, next year was my dude. He went to Philly. I fucking went to Philly too. And I was a Philly fan for a little while, uh, pretty much through the Dykstra era. And uh, that, was, that was the only Philly team I've ever been a fan of. I actually have a a Lenny Dykstra Philly jersey and shit that's um way too small for me now. Um but um but yeah man and uh yeah I had no fucking idea that this dude was <laughs> he was on some wild shit man and uh he did this this uh interview with Howard Stern and yo man it's off the chain. If anyone wants to hear it I got it clipped and shit and I could you know I could hit you off with it. Just uh just hit me up, you know. And, uh, you know, I'll hook you up or whatever. Like, I, it, it was a great interview, a little over an hour. But this dude is just wild as shit, man. Like, and you always heard, like, after his career and stuff, you'd hear a lot of new stuff. Like, Lenny's fucked up. Lenny's doing this. Lenny's doing that. Lenny went to prison. Like, you know, tax shit. All, you know, all sorts of shit. But, um, but yeah, man, when you really start hearing, like, the depths of what he was fucking up to, <laughs> shit is crazy, man. This is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, that that was tremendously entertaining for me. And, you know, Stern's not a guy who's, like, a sports fan at all. So, you know, when he has, like, a sports guy on, they're up to some wild shit because uh, he, he really, like, he admittedly doesn't know a fucking thing about sports and could care less, so. But yeah, it was uh it was it was entertaining. Um so the other week I was on um my ex co host, Eric Eric's um his, his new podcast is the uh Curtain Sellout Show. Now, you know, for those who don't know the history, uh Eric is the reason why I've been the podcasting. Uh he was doing another show, the Golden uh Cravat. I keep wanting to say Golden Corral, and uh, he was doing this show, and, um, you know, honestly, it was pretty horrible. Uh, they had, like, they had the blackout on one show, which is great fucking booking, man, because they had G's and um, G's, Kingston, Joker, Ruckus. I don't know if Robbie was on. He might have been. But 
all of them on one show. And then the host the host dropped off the show. So you have four guests and no host. The fucking hosts were gone. They said they had a blackout or some shit in their house or, or something. And it was just the fucking guests on starting to bullshit. And it was entertaining because they just, they stayed on the fucking line and, and bullshitted for a while. So it was entertaining for that reason. But man, and like you would have a lot of just like mayhem like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I had commented on like, hey, man, you know, that was entertaining and this and this. And then uh, he was supposed to have Trent Acid on. And, um, and, you know, I, I talked to him, you know, about, cause he was doing these different shows or whatever. And I told him, yeah, man, you know, Trent, Trent's a great dude. Like, you know, I talked, I've been talking to him for years. He's, he's a great fucking dude. So that, that'll be awesome. You know, I look forward to it. And he's like, oh, you want to call in? Or I said, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know or whatever. Cause I never called into a fucking radio show in my life, a podcast or any of that kind of shit. And, um, so when it came to the time that he was going to have Trent on, well, Trent had passed away before that, like uh, a couple weeks before he was supposed to have him on the show. And, uh, or a week before, I mean, I know it was close. I don't know exact time. And then, um, he immediately started to organize, uh, a tribute show for him, which, you know, I thought was awesome. And, um, then he, uh, he, um, you know, he asked me, can I call in or whatever? And I said, all right, you know, so I, I called in and, um, you know, said my piece or whatever. And, and that was that, you know, they did a good job on the tribute show. Um, and, uh, you know, I talked to Eric a bunch after that. And there was some talk about like me becoming like another co-host on their show. And I don't, I don't think the other people on their show really liked that idea or whatever, which again, like, this wasn't like I was dying to have a show and like I was trying to like, he was suggesting this like himself, like you'd be really good on the da 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 da. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'll take your word for it, but like it wasn't some shit that I ever had in my mind to do a podcast or be on a podcast or be a host or even call in as a guest. Like it, it wasn't my deal. Um, so then he started talking about like, I could give you your own show. And now, like, knowing the way that Blog Talk Radio works, yeah, yeah, you basically could. Like, I pay $100 a month, and if I wanted to run a show seven days a fucking week for the money I pay, oh, well, then I could fucking do that. So I can give, you know, you a show, and you a show, and you a show, and I could, you know, run them from my fucking computer, and then you call in, and then you do the fucking show, and then, well, for, for the money I'm spending, that's the same deal. So... That's more or less what he did. He gave me my own show. I fucking named it Yakuza Kick Radio to, to, you know, tribute Trent Acid. And, um, you know, got the ball rolling from there. And, again, this was, like, nothing I ever thought I was going to do. This wasn't, like, I had zero plans. I wasn't, like, ever, like, listening to Stern go, man, one day I want to do that. Like, I had no ambition to fucking, like, I talk. I like to talk, you know what I mean? That's about it. But it wasn't like I ever thought to make something out of it or something like that. So, again, I got to thank Eric for pretty much, like, I don't even want to say, like, forced it on me, but, like, just gave me the opportunity, like, here, do this. And, like, it took zero effort out of me other than dialing my fucking phone and talking. So, I mean, that's how it got going with me and Eric doing You Could Gig Radio. Um 
through the time of me doing it with him, uh, no Beckham, um, I would um, have more and more issues with Eric doing the show where he would drop off. It would sound like a Wolverine broke into his room and then his phone would hang up and I would just be on my own. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of, you know, I learned to kind of just kind of spin plates and shit because I was so Eric, 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 you know, gone. You know what I mean? It's like, well, fuck, you can't pause the show. It's a live show. So a lot of just fucking mayhem. And then like interviews, like I do the whole interview. Eric could just be silent. I was like, oh, you know, uh, you have any questions, Eric? And sometimes I'd get a no. And it's like, half the time the guests didn't even know there was another person on the show. So it was like a surprise to them that I was even asking another person. And then when I did ask them, it was like, yeah, yeah, no questions. <laughs> They're like, oh. Uh, the one time Toby Klein was like, oh, good. I didn't want to talk to you anyway. Funny, but um, and then uh, there was times where through the interview, hear nothing, there nothing, and then you'd kind of fucking hear snoring in the background. Uh, fucking Eric was sleeping, so it definitely kind of prepared me to just do the shit by myself. And that's that's kind of where I ended up. Eventually, I just told Eric, like, look, man, I would be way better off just doing it by myself, knowing that like. I don't have to worry about anybody dropping off. I don't have to worry about, like, what's going to happen. I'm just going to do it myself and fucking roll with it, and I kind of know what's going to happen because it's it's all me. You know what I mean? So that's how the whole thing – so, like I said, I give him a ton of credit for getting me into this to begin with, but, um, I, you know, I, I don't have a nice way to say it, but I don't think Eric's ever been really good at doing this. Um, So, anyway, he – wanted me to come on his new podcast. He had been away from podcasting for a couple of years, I believe. Um, and he has a new show called the curtain sellout show. So I go on the podcast. We talk for like an hour. Great, man. Conversation, no problems, no nothing. Right. Uh, he puts it up like two weeks later. Cause that's the system he's got rolling. He's doing like interviews. And then like two weeks later, he's putting it up or something like that. Um, you know, and he's pre-recording the shit out of shows so that way he doesn't have to, you know, do it live or any of that, um, which is probably a great idea for him. Um, but then uh, he put it up the other day, and it sounds like I did the show on my speakerphone where my phone is on speaker in my room, and I went to the backyard and started talking. That, that's what it fucking sounds like to me. And, yeah, I hit him up about it. He's like, yeah, that came out weird. And then, like, go back, and he actually he got uh, Santino Morella on his first show, which I think is fucking awesome. Again, like, fuck, man. Like, I don't have Santino on my fucking show. Uh, I like that dude. Uh, he was always really entertaining to me. But, again, uh, you could barely hear what the fuck Santino's saying. Um, the following week, he had uh, Tony Deppin on, which I didn't listen to that one at all. Um, but... I heard you could barely hear anything that fucking Tony Deppin's saying. So it's like this dude's doing fucking interviews and he's loading them up, but it's like, fuck, like get the fucking shit together. Like if you're some kind of test run and figure out like this isn't working, this audio quality does not work. And look, man, like 
some people might struggle through the show for Santino Morella. Nobody's going to struggle through the show for some fucking asshole with a podcast like fucking J-Cat. Like, I'm just another dude with, a, with another podcast. Like, who the fuck is going to sit there and try to listen to some bullshit audio for a fucking hour of me talking? Like, it's one thing if they, they like my show and they listen to my show, but even that, like, I might just say, eh, fuck it, I'll just go listen to J-Cat's actual show rather than deal with this crazy-ass audio, like. I'm using the same phone right now that I used on that, and it sounded fucking insane. Like, like I used to make fun of the fucking mass maniac when he did his fucking show, because he'd be in the fucking car on the fucking thing, and, you know, uh, Don Tony would be all fucking clear, and you'd hear, You know, like, you would just hear the shit from, like, where the fuck is this guy at recording this shit? Like, it sounds fucking crazy. And that's what I sounded like on this shit. All these fucking years later, I've been doing this shit for six fucking years now. This dude was podcasting like fucking a year and a half, two years before I was podcasting. So eight fucking years this dude's been podcasting. He gets me on this fucking show, and this is the kind of shit I get. Again, man, you know, I ain't trying to shit on him just to shit on him. I'm just being fucking honest because that's what I am, man. And Jesus fucking Christ, that shit was crazy. So, I mean, take that as a shout-out or take it whatever the fuck you want to take of it. God damn it. Uh, uh, also, check out, um, not to attach this to that, but um, check out my dudes over there at the Hot Tag Podcast. You can hear all of them audibly on the mic. Um Check out my dude Andrew Carluck at Quitter Nation. He does the uh, you know the Artie Quitter podcast wrap up show type deal, uh, like he was doing the Stern Nation, but this one's you know Artie Lang centric. So uh, you know check that out and check out the Sports Den. They got all sorts of shit going on over there, and um, yeah, so so that's what's up. Um, I'm gonna take a break, come back, talk talk a little bit of wrestling, and then get the fuck out of here because um. Try not to go too long. Alright. Yo. Yo, come here, man. Come over here, dude. Sit your shit over here, man. No, yo, stand over here. Stand over here. Yo, sit your fuck over here. Place to be. Nah, dude. Come over here. This way, that. Yo, 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 yo. Place to be is on my side, dude. Cause you don't wanna be the target when I fly the coop. Nah, place to be is on my side, dude Cause you don't wanna be the target when I fly the coop Buenos Diaz, you know me as Rock L, numero uno, papi chulo Sticking dick to your chick culo Hard to kill like the white boy Hatcher, snatcher, empty off the rap Rap off the simple facky wacker What's the deal? I feel you can't step to Sean Wicking out on bitch ass niggas since Decepticon Transform No plans on, but I wish man BJ Blige remind Take my hoodie off, nigga, I can't see behind Wadi, God you to defy laws of the most high Most guys get they shit wrapped in guards Place the figures on my side Motherfuck your pride Lay in the cup with the big rug If your monkey ass Yo, any set that tactic Gets worse when rocks up in it So somebody tell a fat lady She's up in five minutes Shit is almost finished Right after I take care of witnesses Roaming the premises Not minding they businesses Images up in your melon Telling you to jack You know if you say I give my whoop Y'all chest pains and cigarettes Bet your bottom dollar Don't move or swallow You're not promised tomorrow But I promise you I'll make you holler Pop your collar Bone stones the way That I stalk in my zone You can roam Just don't get caught Place the biggest on my side dude. Cause you don't wanna be my target When I fly the coop Nigga Place the biggest on my side dude. Cause you don't wanna 
Call it be the target when I fly the confusion. Yo, place the biggest on my side, dude. Cause you don't want to be my target when I fly the group. Place the biggest on my side, dude. Cause you don't want to be the target when I fly the group. Place the biggest on my side. Cause you don't want to be my Son, nigga, shut up. That nigga, bitch ass. Look at Bitch ass nigga, man. Got mad sugar in this tank. <laughs> Goes for all y'all people, all y'all men. Still got the little kid in her, you know. The sugar side of your shreddy weak business. Yo, man. Put an ad in the motherfucking paper. We need some blue warriors. All right. Um, so what's what's going on, uh, Yo, I I checked out um a little bit of this AAW show. I um it was a uh, a recent recent show that they did. Uh, they they booked some crazy shit, man. I'm gonna start paying a little bit more attention to what they're doing over there. Uh, they're over in the um I think um Illinois area. And, um, yeah, man, like, one match they had uh, Moose versus Trevor Lee versus Andrew Everett versus Cedric Alexander in a fucking four-way, man. That's crazy shit. Good match. Um, uh, they had another match. Fucking, I didn't watch the whole show, but I caught, you know, a match here, match here. Um, Chris Hero versus Drago. Now, here, here's here's the thing, man, and, and I'm going to just just go off off topic on this a little bit. Well, I mean, it's on topic, but anyway, here's, here's the guy with a good look in Drago with the fucking mask and all that. And just, um, you know, draws you in with this, you know, crazy look. And then there's Chris hero who is just deteriorating by the fucking month, man. Like every time I see him, his fucking body looks worse. It looks fucking insane. And I understand that, like, the consensus is the the across-the-board statement from anybody from Chris Hero himself to any one of his friends, coworkers, fans, all of this is just, he could still work, he could still work. All right, let's, let's stop with the fucking foolishness and pretending as if he can work just as good as he used to when he was in fucking decent shape, because that's fucking wrong. No, he can't. Absolutely not. No one with half a fucking, with like a horn swoggle strapped to the front of them is going to fucking work just as good as they did without fucking horn swoggle strapped to the fucking front of them like one of those those baby fucking carriers. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. It's like he's got a midget strapped to the front of him. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's fucking crazy, man. It's not, it's not okay. And the thing is, is like part of your fucking, your presentation as a wrestler is your fucking look. I'm not saying everybody needs to be absolutely shredded, but this dude looks disgusting. He looks absolutely disgusting. And no, he can't fucking move just as good as he can. Can he still front roll? Yes. Can he still do this? Yes. Can he still do that? Is it as smooth as it was before? No, it fucking wasn't. Because I I used to watch this shit month in and month out. 
And anybody could fucking fool themselves and tell themselves that he works just as smooth as he used to, but it's a fucking lie. He's fat as fuck. He looks horrible. He he was supposedly let go of the WWE because he refused to go to the gym, which he said he, he came out of the fucking out of there. He came on my show and everywhere else and also said that, like, that wasn't the truth. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the truth. And then proceeded to get fatter than he's ever been in his fucking life. I don't know if he used to be fatter before wrestling, but as far as a wrestler goes, I don't think he's ever been fatter within wrestling. I mean, maybe he has. Maybe I'm wrong early on and he was fatter. But he looks fucking horrendous, man, and I can't even take him seriously watching him. And I, I mean, I watched him versus Drago, and it wasn't terrible, but it would have been a lot if he gave a shit about what he looked like. I mean, that's just a fucking fact. That's just an absolute fact. That's not me just fucking hating and shit like this. It is what it is, man. Part of your fucking presentation is how you fucking look as a wrestler. It is. It's just like if you just... You were a great fucking wrestler, and, um, you know, you you cut great fucking promos, and then one day you got hit in the head and you had a speech impediment. Well, your promos aren't as good anymore, right? I mean, it's what it is. It's fucking exactly what it is, man. You can't just, you can't just let your body go to shit and then be like, yeah, I'm just, just the same as I was. See, I can go, I can go with anybody. Yeah, technically you can go with anybody. How about you go with Jim? Yeah, I mean, go with a motherfucking diet that works out for your body, man, because I don't fucking understand. And then it's like he's cutting these fucking promos like even after the fucking match. It's two people are saying 2016 is the year of Chris Hero. It's like, who the fuck is saying that? Why are they saying that? Are people actually saying that? I, I, I would guess that they actually are saying that. There, there was fucking a giant fucking chunk of fans in that fucking audience chanting... Chris Hero ain't nothing to fuck with. At this big fucking oversized fucking Chris Hero. This dude looks like if the Wayans brothers were making a fucking parody film about Chris Hero. That's how fucking this dude looks right now. This shit is crazy. This shit is fucking crazy, man. I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. This isn't... This isn't what I, I don't know. A couple people leaving wrestling. Uh, Preacher is done after July. Good. Uh, Sozio says he's done after August. And to that, I say good for him. Because, um, you know, he's starting a new life. You know, he's got a kid on the way. Um, you know, he, I think he's got, um, he's moving. I don't, I don't think, like, tremendously far away or whatever, but, you know, probably makes it a little more difficult for him to do the, you know, month-in and month-out wrestle thing. But um, either way, like, it just seems like he's he's doing, like, you know, some, some mature adult shit, you know, and moving from this phase of his life to just some real responsible fucking, you know, about-to-be-a-father shit, man. And, and I like that dude. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I think... Uh, yeah, it's a good move for him. I I think Sozio is a good wrestler. I I I will never ever think that he's like a main event caliber dude. I still will never agree with that fucking push. But I think he's become a solid fucking wrestler that you know is an asset to a company. Can be on a fucking card and then tear it up in there. 
I, I just don't, you know, I just don't think he needed me in the fucking main event with a world title on him and shit. But he, he's really improved over the years and, and become a solid fucking wrestler. I mean, there there was definitely years ago where I, I would stay straight up like, that dude sucks, man. And a lot of people thought that. But I think he's gotten to the point now where he, he can go in there and fucking go, man. And, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, I, I, I like the dude personally. And, um, yeah, I wish him the best. So that's that's good for him, man. I like to see people make responsible fucking decisions. I'm not going to go too crazy into it because, you know, I, I skimmed it, and it's like a fucking Bible. But um, Bob Evans, uh, I think, you know, he's worked Ring of Honor and a bunch of other places. He wrote some shit on Facebook of, like, the fucking blueprint to, like, if you want to make fucking money, he said he makes $500,000 a year indie wrestling and then he said here's the fucking blueprint to do it and he fucking you know he laid the motherfucking law down on that shit and i fuck man i respect this fucking hustle because i don't know you know um yeah i don't i don't know the dude you know personally i don't know you know exactly you know what he knows what he doesn't know whatever the case but his shit sounded legit as fuck, man. Like I said, it was crazy long and detailed and everything. But, like, you know, it, it caught my interest initially because one of the first things he says up in there is um, that you're going to have to, in order to make this transition on your regular job or your normal job, you're going to have to start working a shitload more hours and possibly take a second job and and really bring in some money in another facet of your life in order to fund your future and your transition into indie wrestling being a business that's going to make you money for your future. Not just fucking get your way through fucking wrestling school, leap in, and then start setting up fucking GoFundMe accounts. This fucking dude gave a legitimate fucking game plan on how you should go fucking make your money out there and the important things you should do and not do, and that it's not for fucking everybody. You know what I mean? And I just respected the way he came across on that shit, man, because uh, it doesn't seem like there's a lot, like there's a ton of realist dudes out there that are trying to really, um, you know, focus on, on on what's real about it. Because... You see a lot of people with the fucking GoFundMe accounts, a lot of people with the poor me, help a brother out, help a brother out, but, like, they're not helping themselves. And when it comes to shit like that, man, obviously, you know, it's basically a hobby. And if you're able to make a hobby your career, well, good on you, but, again, you might have to set yourself up, you know, for the best possible chance at that without having to rely on other people or use other people as a crutch, just that in the long run, are going to help fund your career if you did get it going the right way. So much respect that I do for really, you know, typing out the motherfucking Bible on that shit because uh, yeah, he seems to got his shit figured out. Um, oh, you know what? I want to play this real quick. Um, this was actually this was funny too. You know, he gets criticism no matter what he does, but it's funny that um, LeBron uh, – some clips from the uh, the parade or whatever, and he did all sorts of cursing that they, the the commentators and shit later had to uh, 
apologize for, but I just thought it was funny as shit. For some crazy ass reason, I believe like I'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be like game four all over again. I'm like, shit, we down 2 1 still. I've seen a lot of things when I, there's like LeBron James made six straight finals appearances. Well, shit, James Jones made six straight as well. It looked like I've seen like uh, the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. I looked at Griff, he said, he's a big motherfucker, ain't he? I told you in the 2000 Olympics, you had to be our anchor in the interior. And you looked at me like, man, you don't know me, shut the fuck up. I love all of y'all. I love all of y'all and uh, shit. <laughs> we get ready for next year. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, but then the other thing I watched on that AAW show was um, Sammy Callahan and Dave Chris. And uh, they actually, they came out to Nick Gage's song, to who, For Whom the Bell Tolls, which to me sounded weird because I don't know if this is some kind of build to, like, you know, I think Gage is getting out in September. I don't know if they're currently building towards maybe, you know, he gets out and this and that. But, you know, I mean, it, there's all sorts of blurred lines as far as that type of thing goes. There's people who work in different areas and this and that. They don't know the dude. They didn't know who was using the song, and they just thought the song sounded cool, this and that. This is Sammy Callahan. He knows motherfucking well that music is. Nick Gage is coming out. Like, if you know, come on, man. Like, he, he knows that shit is Gage's theme. And, I mean, fuck it. He doesn't own it or any dumb shit like that. I know that's not, like, where he's at you know, as far as, like, his home or anything like that. So it's not, like, you know, the end of the world. I'm not, like, so I'm so offended. But it just seemed weird to me because it's a dude that, like, clearly knows this fucking Gage's shit, and then they just came out the Gage's shit. Um, I don't know if it was also, like, a one-time deal. Um, they were fighting uh, Homicide in Kingston, and it was a good match. Definitely good match. Brawled all over the fucking place. Um, I really enjoyed this shit, man. If you if you get a chance, check that fucking show out. I forget the name of the show. Killers Amongst Us or Killers, some some kind of killer or something. Um, but um, I think it was one of their most recent ones. But um, but yeah, check that fucking shit out, man. They they beat the shit out of each other and um, you know, all super talented dudes. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was weird. Again, I don't know if it's a build to something or, you know, when Gage gets out, it's going to be like, you know, or, or if it's just like out of all the songs in the world, they felt like that was the only one I get. I don't know. It's fucking strange. But, um, yeah, man, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eye on this AAW thing, man, because they're booking real big shit. I mean, they had Zack Sabre Jr. on that card. They had, uh, fucking, uh, Aaron Fox on that card. Um, yeah, man, uh, doing big things. So. Them the fuck out. Um, what else? Oh, um, so DJ Hyde's blowing this fucking angle already um, with with Zandig. See, this is the thing, man. Like I had said this shit right off the fucking bat. I, you know, when Zandig first they first started the whole fucking angle with Zandig, and Zandig was gonna come to tournament of death, and this and that. Obviously, I had no clue that Zandig was gonna do the whole burying DJ in the yard angle and like that whole deal there. That was fucking awesome. But in classic DJ Hyde fashion, there's no way DJ Hyde could fucking carry that shit out without fucking it up. And sure enough, look. The angle is Zandig takes over CZW. 
Zandig takes over. It's his fucking shit. DJ supposedly agreed to it, which you couldn't hear because the fucking mic went out. But that was the general overall thing. It's Zandig's fucking shit again. Well, unfortunately, they already had a fucking thing that they had lined up following the Zandig angle, Zandig takes back over, is a trip to fucking Indianapolis and Ohio. So, to to go to fucking Indiana and to go to Ohio, you know, goddamn well, John Zandig's not fucking traveling with them and acting like the face of the company. This is going to be DJ takes his fucking company on tour. Right? So, even DJ showing his face, fucking standing there in his fucking suit, smiling, da-da-da-da-da, yeah, shaking hands out in fucking Ohio, looks like shit. Because, hey, man, he just got thrown in a fucking hole in his own yard, bleeding fucking buckets with John Zandig, and, dude, this is a huge fucking angle. This is the type of thing that makes your company a shitload of fucking money if you just focus on execution. But that's that's not something DJ's capable of. DJ's not capable of focusing on the big picture and not the fucking, not the mirror. Which, if I was DJ Hyde, I'd do a lot less focusing on mirrors, but whatever. This fucking dude, he he fucking, yep, right, right back in there. Not only is he fucking right back in there. First off, he worked on the fucking Dojo Wars shows. And, you know, you treat it like a different product and all this bullshit. Come on, man. You know goddamn well the fucking 15 people that show up to the Dojo Wars shows are also at CZW. I mean, have some fucking respect for your own motherfucking angle. This is why I don't respect DJ that way. You know, I, I respect that he'll come on my show and talk to me about uh, about all my, you know, the, my questions about his angles and it. I questioned about his decisions, and, you know, he'll actually answer to that. That I respect. I respect that, that he gives me that opportunity to fucking question him on what the fuck he's up to. But that doesn't change the fact that what he's up to is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. He has no fucking mind to make the right decisions to make his company work. And I said it from the fucking start. Zandig's coming back? Cool. I'm not interested in a Zandig versus DJ Hyde feud. I'm not. I don't give a fuck. I'm a huge John Zandig fan. But I'm not interested in a DJ Hyde versus fucking Zandig showdown. Fuck that shit. So we're going to build the fucking cage of death where DJ Hyde squares off with Zandig? Uh, No, I'm not fucking interested in that at all. Not at all. And so going forward, what do we do? We go to Ohio. And DJ Hyde is in a match. A match. Dude just got thrown in a fucking hole, and his fucking company got taken out from under him, right? Man, he must be really banged up from that fucking exploding bat and getting fucked up with the barbed wire and the glass and fucking thrown in a fucking hole and humiliated in front of his fucking family and all of that shit. Oh, man, he must be really down and out, right? I mean, what kind of match could he possibly have? Oh, yeah, a no-rope barbed wire match against fucking Jake Chris. Jake Chris, a guy who had just said goodbye to fucking Combat Zone because he was done, you know, um, and basically, and I don't blame Jake for still wrestling or anything like that. I think it's great. He's done pretty much traveling. 
you know, because he's able to spend more time with his family and raise his kids, you know, if he doesn't travel. So he can wrestle locally. So if CZW comes locally, yeah, fucking, fuck yeah, Jake could work. I understand that. I don't have a problem with that at all. DJ Hyde wrestling a no-rope barbed wire match against a guy who the last time we saw them in the ring, he was putting them over and saying, I love you, bro. Bro, I love you, bro. And now he's back having a no-rope barbed wire match with a guy who was supposed to be fucking humiliated and fucking torn apart like a month ago. So the dude was supposed to be fucking shredded in his backyard and fucking Zandig's taking over and then DJ just fucking no-sells it and does a no-rope barbed wire match with a guy who has no fucking storyline heat with. That's fucking retarded. That's the dumbest fucking thing that I've ever fucking heard. And this is why I don't give a fuck about CZW. I'll continue to talk about it and cover it and stuff because I have a long fucking history with it. You know, go back to fucking 2001, which, by the way, I will be keeping up with the uh, promise I made with, uh, I didn't promise, but, you know, the, the plans that I made to start reviewing 2001 shows. I'll be doing that. Before the end of the month, I'll, I'll hit my first show for sure, which I think is a Delaware Invasion. Um, but I'll, I'll double-check on that. Either way, I'll watch it and I'll review it. Um, but um, yeah, it's just the dumbest fucking shit ever. And you know, like I said, I have, I have this soft spot for CZW because I had such a long history with it and everything like that. But like, I'm not 12 years old. So doing this, like, John Zandig is coming back, and it's his company now, and it's like, well, that would work if I'm 12. And I honestly think they're going to book really good fucking shows because, it's like, Zandig's name is on it, and they're going to pretend like it's Zandig's company again and all of this. So I honestly think there's probably some good shows around the corner to, to happen. I think that August night show is going to be pretty fucking good. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to have my uh, pepper party that night, so I'm not even watching the live iPay-per-view. I'm going to be uh, eating fucking hot peppers and fucking, uh, you know, partying in the backyard and shit is what I'm going to be doing. Um, so, and if any would like, anyone would like another option in CZW that night, uh, that's where I'll be. And I didn't strategically do that, but found out, like, oh, shit. Uh, hmm, that's the same night. Oh, fuck. Uh, anyway, so it is what it is. But, um, I wasn't going anyway. I was uh, probably going to watch the iPay review, but uh, no, it's not happening. Um, but yeah, I, I have no doubt that they're going to put on a couple good fucking shows. But I also have no doubt that moves like what DJ Hyde's doing in fucking Ohio is going to shit on every fucking thing they do. Every good fucking thing that John Zandy can come up with or anybody in the world can come up with, DJ Hyde will fucking personally shit on. He will make Every fucking good move look like shit within no fucking time. This is less than a fucking month out of Tournament of Death, and he's already shit on the biggest fucking angle that's ever happened since his fucking ownership. That's, I mean, let that fucking sink in and really fucking think about it. The biggest fucking thing he's fucking done. This angle was fucking crazy. Two guys who you knew weren't going to fucking come back came back with the old fucking gimmick and music and the whole thing. John Zandig, very fucking DJ Hyde in his backyard. DJ Hyde, 
fucking kip up, fucking no rope barbed wire match, fucking a month later. Uh, it just, it's so fucking asinine. I don't know why anyone would give this fucking guy a dollar. He, he doesn't fucking, he does not fucking earn the right for people to follow this shit religiously. He just doesn't, man. And like I said, I got a long history with it, so I, you know, I'll find ways to watch it and stuff, and I'm sure I'll watch it before, you know, before, uh, you know, too long after the show. Um, you know, see if someone else got it or whatever, I go watch it or something. But I, I'm really not, I'm not big on fucking handing DJ Hyde money. I, I'm just not. It's fucking ridiculous. They just, he, he shits on these fucking fans. And, and really just puts out zero effort to keep his own fucking shit together. I mean, again, you get this fucking angle going with Zandig, and you get this, the fucking fans are fucking excited right now. Do you understand? The fans are actually excited. There's people that are like, holy shit, I actually care again. Something that you couldn't do for fucking years. You pull this fucking shit together, you fucking execute this angle of tournament, and that's fantastic. And you can't even let a fucking month pass before you shit on it. That That's retarded. That, that's what the fuck that is. That's fucking just plain out retarded. I don't know what to say to that. I just don't know how to react to that where anything I say next is complimentary. Because it doesn't seem like you give a motherfuck about your own product. So why should anyone else? So anyway, um, next week... I'm going to try to go on another roll of guests. I wanted to do a solo show, a little quick solo show this week, get some things off my chest. And um, next week, back with the interviews, and my guest next week is Viking. IWS, you know, he's known from IWS. Back in the day, man, in wars with Damien. You know what I mean? Like, it. He goes back, man. So I, I got a lot to talk to that guy about. It's going to be a fucking a lot of fun. Um, really looking forward to talking to that dude. Um, you know, I've been a fan a long time. He absolutely tore it up at Zandig's Tournament of Survival. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So I got a couple other things lined up for the weeks after that, too. Should continue to be entertaining. I'm going to do everything I can. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Um, if I, I think anything else, I'll definitely try to hit it up next week. Um, uh, UFC 200 is this Saturday night starts at like fucking, you know, three in the morning or some kind of crazy shit. It starts at 10 at night and then there's like eight matches or some kind of crazy shit. So by the time John Bones Jones is fucking, see, you wonder why this guy's on fucking Coke. You have him fighting a main event at fucking four in the morning. Are you how the fuck is he supposed to stay up otherwise? Jesus Christ. So anyway, um, I would like to be able to, you know, get two or three people and fucking, you know, chip in on it and, and, and watch it and stuff. I, I just don't see that fucking happening. I don't have two or three people to chip in with. So I'm going to have to try to find some way to watch it. But um, I'm actually looking forward to this, man. It looks like they got a stacked fucking card. Brock Lesnar's fighting some dude that... I don't know. I keep reading online. This dude's going to knock Brock the fuck out. Brock's, you know, not ready for this type of shit. I don't know, man. Either way, entertaining either way. Either Brock's going to handle this fucking dude or, you know, get knocked the fuck out. I don't, I don't give a shit one way or another. So um, that should be good, man. Good 
fucking chick title match on there. Um, yeah, man, another title match, and yeah, all, all sorts of shit, man. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, that's that. Um, like I said, Viking coming next week, and um, yeah, I already plugged everybody. Uh, check out all the shows, check out the whole deal, and uh, I think that's about it. Check you motherfuckers out next week. Thanks for listening. I love all of y'all, and uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So... What I make you good? Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta oh say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. Accuser Kid Radio. Jesus! So say night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.